The famed German-American actress Marlena Dietrich once said, There's a gigantic difference between earning lots of money and being rich. In the case of Liverpool and Everton, she was right. In terms of net spend, Everton have splashed the cash more than Liverpool in the last 10 years. And yet the Reds have conquered at home and abroad, while the Toffees are scratching around at the wrong end of the table. On Sunday, the two neighbours meet at Anfield. I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is Football Only Better. We're always well off when we have our top tipping team in place. Mark O'Hare is always across the right numbers. Mark Everton have had some decent results recently. They're on track to stay up. But if they do, they need some serious changes in the summer. <laughs> uh, yeah, they definitely do. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was still laughing at Jake's comment about uh, Frank Lampard a few weeks back. But um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be tough for Everton, isn't it? Um I watched most of the match against Leicester in midweek, and you know, I guess on the on the balance of play, they probably deserved a, a share of the spoils there. But that's only because they conceded early on, and game state sort of suggested that they had to battle their way back into the match as well. But um, no, Calvert Lewin, he's injured again, which um, I just thought that the front three didn't really function too well together, and, and that's a concern really. And I, I think Everton's only saving grace coming into this derby match is the fact that uh, they're playing on Sunday afternoon, and Liverpool have a Champions League semi final against Villarreal. On Wednesday, um, because it means Klopp might initiate some sort of rotation um, if or when Liverpool are comfortably ahead, you know, trying to keep key players fit and available and fresh ahead of the run-in, which he's done really, really well so far across multiple competitions. That's really the only bright spark I have for Everton because, um, you know, I think that the reverse was their biggest home derby defeat in 39 years or something like that. And it's been such a one-sided derby in recent years. I know they won at Anfield in the pandemic when there was no fans, but it's hard to read too much into that because Liverpool were suffering major issues uh, defensively and, and throughout the squad going into that match. But um, that's their only win in 22 head-to-heads, their only win in 20 trips to Anfield. Everton have the worst away record in the Premier League. And they're playing Liverpool, who have the best home record in the Premier League. And, you know, five of Everton's six points on the road actually came in their opening four away games. So in, since October's international break, they've picked up one point from 11 away games, which is absolutely horrendous. Actually, since October's international break, they've lost 17 of 24 games, picked up the fewest number of points and scored the fewest goals in the, in the league as well. So it's pretty savage. They've actually lost every game away under Lampard. They've conceded twice or more in the last six away and now they're coming up against the league's best team going forward in my eyes. So it's quite a scary prospect and Liverpool obviously in, in flying form now since since January really. But I've said it before and it, it kind of goes under the radar really how you know Liverpool have got so much quality in forward areas we kind of get blinded by the fact that their defence has been superb really and they've picked up 34 points from 36 recently but they've conceded just four goals in those 12 games as well two of which were against Man City. Uh, nine of their last 11 or nine of their 11 uh, Anfield League games have been won without conceding uh, and they've shipped just seven home goals all season. So actually 19 of their overall 23 league victories have come alongside a clean sheet as well. So no team has kept more clean sheets in the Premier League than Liverpool uh, and they're playing an Everton team who, as we know, just tend to get overrun in these fixtures. So um, yeah, they failed to score in six of the last nine derbies. They've scored just two goals in the last six meetings between the two teams. I thought it was quite a simple one, this one, just about Liverpool to win to nil. Uh, which is even money. Um, 
I think that's absolutely fine considering those stats. Um, I, even myself, kind of going through Liverpool's figures week by week, I'm still surprised at how good their defence has actually been. Um, as I say, we're often clouded by the by the front five or whoever's playing up front these days for Liverpool, whereas defensively they've been superb, really. So the only concern, as I say, is Villarreal on Wednesday, but um, I do expect them to get the job done quite convincingly. Uh, if you're wondering what that comment by Jake was, Jake Oscarthorpe, who's a regular panellist on this show, basically suggested Frank Lampard should retire as a coach because he had no real chance of success in the future. Delighted to say that Betfair trader Emmett O'Keefe joins us. Emmett, Liverpool have dominated this derby for quite some time, as Mark says. They're miles better, we know that. Is there any chance that Frank Lampard can engineer a shock here? No, there is. <laughs> there, there are no Everton fans left listening to this. Yeah, by like, the way, if there were at the start, they're definitely not there. Absolutely, as as Mark said, I think their only chance was if you had if you had Calvert Lewin. Like what we saw in last year, obviously, Van Dyke didn't play in the derby last year. We saw how good uh, Calvert Lewin and, and, and Richardson were as kind of a two man forward line, and them maybe occupying um, Matt Matt Van Dyke or Kanata and Van Dyke, whoever starts, and de- and them kind of trouble trouble on the counter attack. I would see Everton's only route to victory with Calvert Lewin fish and Richardson isolated up front. They'll carry no threat. I'd well I won't go into details. I'm just I'll be just be copying what Mark said. Yeah, two uh, Liverpool conceded only two goal two goals in their last eleven home league home home league matches. Um, and just early in the season, earlier in the season, I thought Virgil van Dijk looked like he had lost a step post knee injury. But watching him against United, he was absolutely imperious against my Niger in the week, and he looks to be p- pretty much close to his best. And yeah, I'd um, echo everything Mark said. And uh, uh, Liverpool to win today looks the way I'd look. Odds compiler and betting expert Mark Stinch comes with us once again. Stinch, Liverpool wiped the floor with Manchester United on Tuesday, and the guys seem to think that that's going to happen again. I mean, all the statistics and performance data suggest that that's the most likely possibility. Um, very difficult to add anything more to to what they've said. I've not really watched much of Frank Lampard's Everton, um, but you know the the records uh, don't really make for very good reading, particularly away from home. And do seem to collapse a little bit, and that defence, despite the fact the money it's had spent on it, is is very uh it's very weak mentally i would say um they go are there bo- parallels with manchester united stinch because you look at it and you think they've spent a huge amount of money there's no coherent strategy there's no discernible sporting director of any quality and the players are either looking at the exit door or they're not that bothered whether they win or not yeah 100 percent um i think there there's a long period maybe early early this century maybe late 90s where Everton didn't have a lot of money at all and all their fans kept asking for kind of was well give us some more money and we can compete maybe a little bit more of Liverpool well they got their money and they just spent it horrendously really um yeah. you know there was it's not something just of late remember I think maybe about five six years ago that chancellor window in the summer where they bought three number tens in in Rooney uh David Clarsen and Sigurdsson like how are you meant to fit all of those in in one team and you look at the fact they they seem to buy players based on if they come from a good club essentially or a club that's doing better than them look at the fact the money they spent on it it will be um uh who else Theo Walcott I mean, one of their best bits of business has probably been Damari Gray, which I think might have been you know, a couple of million at best. Yeah, and, yeah. Who, yeah. Uh, who does seem a bit reinvigorated, but he's only 25. You know, it could be one of those that, um, you know, as he matures, gets better. Um, 
maybe uh, again yeah it was very difficult to find anything that that I thought was uh, was backable in the game for example I looked at um Canate to score um but he's only 7 to 1 and to put that in in, in perspective very similar price to Gray to score and <laughs> to be fair you know that's an attacking player against a, a center back that likely likely is only opportunity really would come from a from a set piece situation scored in his last 3 though Canate to be yeah, exactly yeah exactly exactly um I mean, I remember Van Dijk on his day in his derby debut. He scored at the cop end in, in an FA Cup game against Everton. So, but yeah, that's not something that I, I really think is is a, is a fantastic price or anything. No card markets, but I did notice that uh, Anthony Gordon tends to throw himself around quite a lot um, during this sort of relegation scrap. Picked up three yellows in the Premier League. He got one against Palace in the cup. I'm not sure the odds he normally goes off at, but that might be one to have a look at. Or if you're looking for maybe something, if you think Liverpool maybe going to wrap the goals up, um, most Salah's just I think eight to thirteen to score. Uh, sorry, four to yeah, eight to thirteen to score. But he's uh, seventeen to ten to get an assist. Um, him and Trent are up there at the the top assisters this season. Um, seems to be um, he didn't get many assists last season. I don't know if there's been a, a change in. Um, a change in thought process or something, but he definitely seems to be laying on more chances for his for his teammates. Um, infamous, infamously, I remember away at Burnley a few seasons ago, him and Mane having a bit of a set to because they uh, argued who scored, who wanted to score. Um, but in, in the end of the day, I think that all you know that was all resolved quite amicably. Um, so yeah, maybe something there, but uh, I think there's probably much better betting opportunities this weekend in in other competitions. Our fantastic Ackers and Multiples offer is running every day. Bet £10 on Ackers or Bet Builders and receive a £2 free bet to use on Ackers or Bet Builders. T's and C's apply. There's a slightly less illustrious derby on the south coast as Brighton face Southampton. Emmett, geographically, these two are pretty close to the beach. Are they pretty close to the beach psychologically as well? <laughs> <laughs> nice, ni- n- nicely done there as always. <laughs> yeah, t- um, yeah, potentially. Yeah, two sides nothing to play for, but yeah, just the, the, there's a kind of a goal score bet that just just caught my eye. It's a very get- hard game to call, but just with Brighton, I think there's a pretty good chance Neil Mopey doesn't play. And if he doesn't, like you're kind of looking at a game where Brighton are five to four favourites. Where are the goals going to come from if they are going to come? And I think Enoch Waypu looks quite a big price here. He before the before last night's game against City, where he played in quite a forward role, he 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 I think it was five five uh, five shots in his last three matches. He had two shots on target in his last two games. Pre Man City, he scored a lovely goal against Arsenal, and he's quite he'd quite a good um, goal scoring record at Red Bull Salzburg. I can see him playing as kind of the like the Brighton's most most attacking midfielder and he's currently around maybe 14 to 1 to score first and 6 to 1 to score any time so that, that that's that, that, both those prices just stood out to me as being slightly big that's the way I'd look there we always adhere to Betfair laws here. No need for a parliamentary committee stinch you're taking us to Italy for a Sassuolo game yeah this um I think they've been very kind to us this season, and even if even when they uh, they don't get the bet in, I think they're always an entertaining watch. And that that front four of Raspadori, Scamacca, Chore, Baradi are very very exciting. Um, you expect 
unfortunately maybe that might get picked apart by the bigger clubs in in the summer so let's uh, let's enjoy it while it lasts and it's it's the uh, it's the latter player that uh, I'm looking at in this game in Domenico Berardi to score he's got 14 goals in 28 games this season um, for a, and that's for a player that averages the fourth most shots in the league with 3.3 per game and uh, he's averaging over, over one shot inside the penalty areas as well so I think when you watch Berardi, often you might think that um, you know it's a lot of pot shots from outside the area, which which is sometimes. But he he does save he does save some of his chances for inside the box when obviously closer to goal, the the closer the chance of him actually scoring. Um, Sassuolo are just one to three to score here. Um, they're three to one for the match, just to uh, marry up. Juventus around about eight to eleven away. Um, over two and a half goals is eight to thirteen. So yeah, it's expecting goals in the in this game. And yeah, Sassuolo just one to three to score, so they are expected to find the back of the net. Um, Juve only ranked tenth for the uh, for fewer shots conceded away, so I'm expecting Berardi to to have some of those aforementioned shots. And he's not a flat track bully, which kind of uh, and the statistics kind of surprised me. To be fair, he's scored he's now scored 100 goals in Serie A, so he's now a centurion. Um, but 39 of those, so you know, nearly 40 percent, have come against Milan, Lazio, Inter, Atalanta, Roma, Napoli, and Juve and of course he's a former Juve player I don't think he ever played a game for Juve but he was on Juve's books and I think there is some interest from from their side especially with the likely departure of Dybala and you could say he's kind of a similar player with Dybala in terms of you know that left foot likes to play just behind the the strikers that might be a signing that um that Allegri might uh, might want to make make to go alongside uh, Vlaovic for for next season. So he's four to one to score. So I think that's uh, juicy enough, definitely to get involved in for for a man that's one in two this season. Is obviously on penalties as well. To France, Mark, what do you have for us? Yeah, um, Rams against Marseille on Sunday night. Um, Marseille, I thought, performed really really well in Le Classique against PSG last weekend. Did lose the match, but. Um, but in a really sort of competitive display, arguably deserved. And they wound up Neymar, which is great. <laughs> it was always good fun, um, <laughs> those matches between the two. But yeah, um, they, they played midweek again against uh, Nantes. They won the game 3-2. On paper, it looks slightly fortuitous because Dimitri Payet scored two penalties. But in reality, they were the far better team and Nantes scored two uh, you know, breakaway goals, basically. And, and, and Marseille dominated the match and deservedly got the, got the points. So they're going to Rams on Sunday with a, a six-point cushion. Um, in the top three, which is what they want, really. It was you know, requires that it will give them Champions League qualification. Um, and yeah, I think they're being slightly underrated for this match, uh, considering Rams are mid-table, have got nothing left to play for. Um, so you can back them with a minus quarter goal start on the Asian handicap at around 1.75. Um, I've got Marseille as an odds-on shot. They're actually trading at odds against. And they've been comfortably the best away team in Liga 1 this season. They've won 10 of 16 away games. They're averaging 0.45 expected goals more than their opposition on a per-game basis. If you look at the last 8, 12 and, and 16 game splits um, and the underlying process between all the league 1 teams, Marseille are pretty much performing at the same levels as PSG. So, you know, they deserve to be, you know, given a huge weight of respect here. So they're going to a Rams team. As I say, they seem to have clocked off a little bit. They did win in midweek against um, Lille at home, but uh, they conceded 20 shots in that match. So slightly lucky to get the get the three points. It was only their fourth win in 15 going back to mid-December. They failed to score in three or four before that match. 
and they're amongst the bottom four across XG process and all the key performance data indicators over the last one, two, three, four months, spell, however long you want to go back, really. They're averaging the second lowest non-penalty expected goals figure at home. They've only won five home league games all season, three of which were against the bottom four. Uh, they are draw specialists, though, and they do know how to sort of grind games out. So that's why I'm taking the, the minus quarter goal. It just means if the game does end in a draw, we only lose half of our stake. But um, Marseille, for me, deserves to be odds-on favourites here. Let's zoom back across the channel to Stamford Bridge. Chelsea face West Ham. Emmett, Chelsea's home form has been pretty poor for a side uh, with their quality and ambition. Thomas Tuchel was acting as if there were spikes on the pitch in midweek against Arsenal. I mean, it, it's not as if it's a cabbage patch, is it really? <laughs> no, no, definitely clutching of straws. I, I liked what, what uh, Mark's tip earlier, I think. I'd be. I think. I think. Like laying Chelsea the Champions League is definitely. It's, it's definitely worth a ten or at around twenty to one, sixteen to one, whatever. I just sorry, Emmett. Just just quickly as well. Yeah. We didn't even mention the financial aspect or you know, something like that. If Chelsea were to be, you know, not allowed to compete in 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 Europe or the Premier League, remove them from the competition yeah. or just something crazy like that, I think that would be built in as well. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's that's. I think that all oh, that makes the point stronger. But like even just on the pitch. It's always been, it's been the back of my mind all season as well that like Chelsea have had the hardest schedule of all the Premier League clubs. They were at the world, they were at the World Club Championship, they got the League Cup final, FA Cup final, Champions League quarter final. While they do have a big squad, like it, it is that is something that I think potentially could tell in in, in, in the kind of la, in, in the last weeks of the season. And just, and like we saw as well during the week, I think how crucial Antonio Rudiger is to them. And he has uh, he has a groin injury. He may be back, but it, it, if he didn't play, the, it, it makes the, the 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 bet I like here even stronger, which is over two and a half goals. Like as as people may know, West Ham are actually missing three of their first choice centre halves. So that's Kurt Zuma, Issa Diop, and Angelo Agbona. Craig Dawson is the only fit centre half, which may see David Moyes move Declan Rice back to centre back or play Aaron Cresswell at centre-back. It's kind of a... But either way, I think West Ham will be weaker defensively. I think Chelsea's defence, especially if Rudiger doesn't play, can't necessarily be trusted. And both these teams are averaging close to th- three goals per game in, in their matches all season. Kind of the... Yeah, the, it's the day the David Moyes transformation to becoming... Having one of the most entertaining teams in the Premier League has been stark the last couple of years. And so given all of that... Over two and a half goals at, at, at four to five looks looks well worth the bet to me. Now we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet, so Betfair is now offering no cash out suspensions on match odds over under and goal markets on the sports book, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. Back to Italy to wrap up as title chasing Milan face a tricky trip to Lazio. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, off the back of that defeat in the Coppa Italia semi-final as well, so I think uh, you know confidence might be taking a little bit of a hit there from uh, from AC. Their seven to five faves at the Olimpico. I wouldn't really want to be be backing them. I think uh, any Maurizio Sarri side are always dangerous, um, so wouldn't want to be back in Milan at favourites. I don't think it would be a uh, podcast though, or a weekend podcast without uh, an over two and a half goal selection in Serie A, right? So. That's where I'm going with uh, with this game. It's four to five. Uh, I think that's just about backable. 
Um, Lazio games are averaging 3.42 goals per game. At home, that rises slightly to 3.5. Obviously, you've got a fantastic striker in Syria in Chiro Immobile. Um, Milinkovic Savic seems to have added uh, goals to his game this season. He's in double. I think he's in double figures. Um, and then you've got uh, the supporting cast of the likes of Pedro and Luis Alberto as well. So a lot, lots for Milan to worry about. Um, and Milan away from home themselves, their matches are averaging uh, well over three goals per game. When you look at when um, Lazio take on the, the sort of bigger teams, generally they, they, there are goals, eight of the 12 against the top eight this season have seen over 2.5. And Milan away from the San Siro are a little bit vulnerable. 10 of their 14 this season have gone over two. 10 of the last 14, sorry, have gone over 2.5. And head-to-head, this is normally a clash that produces goals. Uh, the last six meetings have seen 20 goals. And Milan did beat Lazio 4-0 not so long ago. So it could even be a case that uh, perhaps Milan do go there and get a result. And it just it just needs them to contribute to the scoreline. So, yeah, I think lots of things to, to be excited about for, for a pro goals bet in this, in this match on, on Sunday evening. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of great football, racing and golf content on betting.betfair.com as well as lots of other sports from Emmett, from Mark, from Stinch and from me. It's goodbye for now.